my shoe. He's just going to get my shoe. Yeah. I mean, I never tie my own shoelace. I mean, never. It's a miracle. We're back for another episode of Trimming the Musical Fat. I'm Stephen Nicholson. And I'm Paul Nicholson. And today we're delighted you're joining us for our latest What If episode, where we write an alternative history for a musical artist we love to create what we hope is a great additional album in their catalogue. And the subject of this episode is our favourite band, Queen. Excuse me. Yeah? Uh, yes. Um, have you got any other um, DVDs on sale other than uh, Queen's Greatest Video Hits 2? No. Oh, why not? Well, it's the only DVD worth buying. It's got 19 digitally remastered videos, 5.1 surround sound, audio commentary, and over three hours of bonus material. But what if you don't like Queen? Queen, greatest video hits two. It's the only DVD worth buying. Can I go to lunch now? No, you can't. And joining us today to help choose the songs that will make up the alternative history Queen album are two fellow Scots and podcasters. And we think you'll lap up what they have to say. It's Paul and Joe from the In the Lap of the Pods Queen podcast. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. How are you, boys? Good. Excellent. Good, yeah. Thank you. Uh, glad, glad to be, glad to be doing the podcast. Been a long time coming, so I'm sure there'll be lots of uh, interesting opinions expressed tonight. So looking forward to hearing them. Absolutely, man. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. I'm Joe, by the way. Hello, Joe. So, let's take a trip back in time. Hola! Hola! Yes. Can you listen? Yes, yes. And they announced also this sort of revolution that you made in Argentina. I have friends and people from yeah. Uruguay, across the river, yes. who are flying and taking ships and coming just to see you that's and welcome amazing. you. That is ve- that's amazing. What can we say? The, you- the people here are so friendly and they, they, they look as if they're going to have a really good time, which is what we want. So, welcome to Argentina. We have Thank here you. a friend. Thank you. Gracias. Do you like soccer? Yes, I like soccer, but you won the World Cup, didn't you? Le preguntaba si está atemorizado, si tiene miedo, después de lo que le pasó a John Lennon. No, no tengo miedo. ¿Viajaste con tu familia? My family's here, yeah. 
Do we always? Do you say do we always bring him? Um, they, I can I try to have him as, as close as possible because I have a, a small boy at two and a half, and I think the more time you spend together in the early years, the better. So we're trying to arrange that we're never apart for more than ten days. We're happy to be here, really. So guys, the scenario we're giving ourselves today is that the band take a break after releasing greatest hits in 1981 and don't release any new material until 1984. They obviously create a lot of new content in that time, which is available for selection. Uh, so they don't release Hot Space in 1982 and they don't release the Works album in 1984. So what material can we select today? Well, we're drawn from all the songs on the 1982 Hot Space album. Uh, the songs from the 1984 Works album the B-side to 1981 single Under Pressure, um, Soul Brother, and Man on Fire, which would become a solo single by Queen drummer Roger Taylor. I Go Crazy, the B-side to Radio Gaga, Let Me In Your Heart Again, which was eventually released on the 2014 Queen Forever compilation, Love Kills, which was reworked as a Freddie Mercury solo single, and Queen's version featured on the Queen Forever compilation. Uh, we can also choose Man Made Paradise, which was reworked for Freddie Mercury's 1985 solo album, Mr. Bad Guy. There Must Be More to Life Than This, which was released as a Freddie solo track of Mr. Bad Guy. But initially, it was a band duet with Michael Jackson that uh, eventually came out in Queen Forever. And we can also choose Let Me Live, uh, which was originally recorded in 1983 with Rod Stewart and Jeff Beck. And this version still never officially seen the light of day, but it was reworked by the band and released on the 1995 Made in Heaven album, which was released after Freddie's death. So, what are we going to call our album, guys? Uh, I think we'll have to go with Hot Work or Workspace. Both are crap, but we'll have to choose one of them. What do you want to go with? <laughs> workspace. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> workspace. <laughs> I think Freddie would have liked Hot Workspace work. it is. <laughs> I'm easy. That's a shite name for an album. Workspace. It is, isn't it? That's is terrible. But, so that, that that's that's why we need to select it. Aye, absolutely. Yeah. Aye. It would be remiss of us to start creating uh, Workspace before first talking about the two albums that Queen did release in 1982 and 84. So first up, is hot space. a challenge you know because we always said okay we're selling great and uh it, but that's not really what matters you know it, it's not commercial success that we're after we, we're doing what we think is worthwhile and if this album turned out to be not as big a, a seller as, as the previous two or three 
then we would actually be putting ourselves to the test and we would say, well, do we really believe in this or not? And I think the answer would be, yes, we do. I wasn't mad on all of it, you know. I don't like everything that we do. I like a lot of what we do, but I don't like everything. But there are four people in the band, so we have to, um, you have to give and take. You know, you get your way in one thing and so there might be a couple of songs come out that you really don't like very much. I could name a couple. <laughs> Mainly, uh, it depends on whatever the four individuals in the group, what sort of music they're into at the time and what songs they're writing. Uh, I know Freddie was very keen to do something like that and two of the songs he wrote, uh, which were Staying Power and Body Language, were, were very much in that vein. It's not a case of wrong or right. I mean, if you feel something, you've got to do it and, and have confidence in doing it. We've always done that. So, I mean, you know, it'd be so boring if everything was right, wouldn't it? I mean. And um, in a way, you learn by mistakes. I, mean, maybe, I don't think the songs are bad. I think maybe the timing is wrong. Maybe, you know, you never know. But once it's out, you can it's fall out. into a trap where you, you, know, you, you build up a, a sound or whatever, and then in the end, that's all they want. And you're then manipulated by the public. That's the last thing I want to do. It's a nice, it's, it's a knife edge that I like to tread on, which is, which is good. The danger element is exactly what we need. Due to its dance pop sound, Hot Space is widely considered by both fans and critics to be one of the most artistically disappointing albums. Stephen Thomas Erwin of All Music said of the album that the band once, that once proudly proclaimed not to use synthesizers on their albums has suddenly dramatically reversed course, devoting their entire first saved album to robotic, new wave dance pop all driven by jump, drum machines and coloured by keyboards with Brian May's guitar coming in as a flavour only on occasion. Michael Jackson, who was close friends with the band during the time, later cited Hot Space as an influence for his own album Thriller. In a 2015 interview with Greg Prato of Songfacts, extreme guitarist Nuno Bettencourt described how Hot Space had been an important album for him as a musician. He said that, I think it's interesting because that album taught me two things. It taught me that even if you're in a band as a guitar player, music doesn't have to be driven by a guitar. It's about the song first. But I think the main thing is that Queen actually did an album like that. It was the fans' least favourite. It was one of my favourites because it took a risk and branched out. All those synth parts they did in horns, I could always hear them with guitar in my head somehow. But quite oddly enough, or coincidentally enough, the title Hot Space is, is exactly what it meant. It's all the space between the music. That's what makes it funky and that's what makes it have a pocket. That was Nuno, that, Nuno Bettencourt, aye. Yeah, yeah. I think it was 2015. That's yeah. interesting, aye. Mm, yeah, yeah. Particularly the kind of <coughs> reputation the album gets, it's good to hear about other opinions as well. Aye, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so when the album came out, uh, sorry, the album sold 3.2 million copies, which was 6 million less than the game, the previous album. Although we're going to count the game as because it was a real full studio album and Flash Gordon's a soundtrack album, so we're going to kind of count the game as the, the previous Aye. album. The album uh, Hot Space went to number four in the UK and number 22 in the US and going gold in both countries. The other bit about uh, the streaming part of it as well, so the, these are equivalent album sales for streaming services and that was 772,000 extra sales 
which was 500,000 less than the game. Can you guess what was the most streamed song on Hot Space? Most streamed? Do you want to have a guess? Under pressure, yeah. Yep. And that had 712,000, which is accounts for a big percentage of them, because it was 772,000 for the whole <laughs> album. Jesus Christ. 712 was uh, for Under Pressure, so that kind of tells a story. Mm. The tour to promote the album Hot Space in 1982 would prove to be Queen's last ever US tour. And you see how I did that, and I didn't say the last with Freddie, because... Aye. That's not true. It's the Queen's last ever years too. Nice one, mate. In our show. Nice. Aye. Queen, <laughs> Queen, and yeah. a, a yeah. full yeah. stop. Yeah. Aye. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, so we're going to go around each person uh, and ask for their thoughts on on the album and their favourite song from it, and maybe even their least favourite song, <laughs> whatever you feel like. Yeah. So uh, maybe start with uh, Paul. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Hot Space? Yeah, I mean, before we get to that, I, I was just going to make mention of the, of the fact about the chart position. I mean, you consider the game was a number one album, uh, a massive seller for the band, number one in America, then their next album's number 22. That's a real steep mm-hmm. fall from grace, isn't it? That's a serious yeah. drop-off, aye. Have you guys got any thoughts on that? Sorry, sorry uh, Paul, I mentioned like kind of thoughts on kind of what we talked about there about the sales and the the review and stuff have you you've got any thoughts on that yeah I, I, I mean I think um uh yeah I, th- I think for, for most people at that time Queen were a rock band predominantly you know they, I mean they, they, they had little I mean they, 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 I mean they, they, they did dis- disco songs or whatever before you know and, and dance orientated kind of stuff and you know, get down, make loves, kind of getting there, and you know, uh, fun it as a, a disco song on jazz. You know, um, but I think maybe Queen fans really weren't um, up for having maybe five or six on an album. You know, um, and uh, you know, um, so people would have already heard Body Language um, as a, as the first single. Is that right? Am I getting mixed up? No, you're right. It was by the language, aye. Yeah, you're under pressure. And, and then, yeah. you know, they put the record on and it's more funk, you know, synth disco stuff, you know. And you can imagine a lot of uh, hearts kind of uh, falling, you know, just at that, that point, you know. And, and, and there's stories of people who are just ripped <laughs> off the turntable and chucked it out, you know, that, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, <laughs> a, a lot of people disappointed. But I, th- I think it's a... It's a, a misunderstood album, um, and I, and actually a bit of a missed opportunity for the band, you know. Um, but what, I, I suppose we'll get to that. You asked me about the sales. I, I think it, it's just people, you know, the the they want the big sound from Queen, the big guitars and all that, you know. Um, and they and they maybe weren't getting that off off of Hot Space um, as much as they normally have got it, you know. I mean the game. It's a very stripped down uh, rock album, you know, um, an excellent album, um, and then you're get you're getting things like body language and all that, and you know, call it uh, sorry, back chat, and you know, you're like, well, you know, that's it. There's a there's a bit of a drop off in quality, even in the songwriting and all that. Um, so yeah, um, a problematic album, but it, it could have been better. 
you know, um, and, and we discussed when we covered the album, you know, um, the, the, the dance-orientated numbers aren't necessarily bad songs. It's just maybe they could have done them better, you know. Um, but I'll, I'll fire it back to you guys and get your thoughts. I've just got to echo Paul. It's exactly, it's exactly what I would think as well, you know, being a Queen fan, you know, coming every album up until that point, you know, it's, it sounds like a band playing uh, in a kind of, you know, a natural rock environment, you know, there's there's not a lot of keyboards, there's the, although obviously, you know, Flash Gordon was out, but that was primarily just a soundtrack record, but... You know, all the other records was that, you know, you could hear everybody else's input and involvement in those records. So ultimately, yeah, when you put, when people put that record on, I can completely and utterly understand why, you know, me being a rock fan, that was not the only thing I listened to. But, you know, I expect when I, when I expect to buy a Slayer album, I expect to hear Slayer. I don't expect them to jump into a fucking, you know, a ragger section or something like that and Queen's no different you know I, you buy a band because you expect certain things from them and they weren't delivering it on this album for the most part especially on the first side um, they, 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 they kind of really it's a very unbalanced album as well we spoke about that on our podcast it's like if they'd have maybe even sequenced it a little bit smarter it would have maybe it would have maybe caught people's attention like maybe even something as silly as putting put out the fire first on the album would maybe have put would I put people in a kind of like, oh yeah, there's a rocker, and then peppered the the other songs throughout, you know, a little, a little bit more thought rather than just here's a whole bunch of songs that have fucking nothing to do with Queen as you know them. Do you know what I mean? So, but anyway, the sales, yeah, that that's why I think the sales are up where the way they were, you know. Yeah, obviously, word of mouth didn't have internet back then, so friends, obviously, you know, we come from that generation as well, you know, like before the internet, you know. And, I know for a fact if like Paul bought an album and it was shit and I hadn't got around to buying it yet, he would tell me or David they'd be like, this album's shit and then we would maybe get a copy and say that's shit <laughs> and we wouldn't buy it. So that's obviously what's happened with this record, you know, it's probably been people word of mouth, you know, fans buying it, telling their friends, this is this is this is a queen. So it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And for me, it's a massive dropping sales from from the game and oh, there's there's i think there's something about queen's popularity at this point that was when it was really waning in america but i don't know if it's as cut and dried as i want to break free video i think there's more to it than that oh i 100 agree with that yeah yeah i wasn't just all on yeah. that they were already dying in the last you know and it was it was yeah. as a result of hot space that's that set yeah. it up do you know do you know what the ironic thing is, though, that body language got to number 11 in America? Yeah, that's right. And it was 25 years. Yeah. It doesn't make sense because you're yeah, like, quite a big yeah, yeah. I, I think we spoke mm. about that when we did the podcast on Hot Space. I think what happened mm. was people rushed out. You know, not, it's not like mm. now, like, you know, you have Spotify and all these things. So you hear the single before yeah. you buy it. Back then, people were just buying it on the basis of the band's name and, and, and pattern. Yeah. It's a new queen. Exactly. Single. Exactly. Yeah. So they hadn't yeah. heard it yet, you know. Mm-hmm. So and then obviously, you know, you put it on the turntable, you hear it, and you go, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and Stephen, what? Uh, what about your favorite songs on the album? Your favorite song on the album, and your and your your thoughts on the album, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, my favourite songs, uh, probably a tie between Under Pressure and Las Polaris Day and More. And I mean, I first heard this back in the 80s, I think, when you bought it uh, on, on record. <laughs> and I always just was, I really liked the cover, although a lot of people dislike it. I like the colour, the colour scheme and everything on it. Uh, and I think the album is still, it's an interesting listen. Um, I think we all agree that one of the things that we admired about Queen was their ability to constantly reinvent their their sound. And I think they really pushed it on this album. And uh, when I think about it, you're encompassing funk, new wave, John Lennon prestiges, uh, traditional rock, soul, uh, pop ballads. Um, and if it all doesn't call, come quite together... Um, it's still an interesting listen, um, and there is still greatness within there. But I think maybe just the sound that they had at that point, we're talking 1982, and it's a very funk sound, not disco, but you're maybe coming to the end of that cycle of that sound. So it was maybe just bad timing in a lot, a lot of ways as well, and the expectation, audience expectation, that they weren't expecting that, especially America. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit of a career killer over there. See if Queen had done another album similar to The Game as the follow-up to Hot Space, things would have been very, very different. I agree. But then that wouldn't have been Queen, would it, to have done the same thing? I mean, excuse me, I think um, I agree with everything you're saying there about the whole the whole fact that you know it's, it's it's at least like two or three years behind on you know what you know even the, the what was popular at that time you know funk disco was starting to kind of wane and yeah. and, and more kind of like um you know like the new romantic yeah. stuff and new wave was starting to come in and and, yeah. and be more so, prominent sound pop and all yeah, that yeah, yeah exactly yeah. ultra vox yeah. yeah bands like that you know early spandau ballet and, and stuff like that but um but i think as well i think it's worth mentioning is the not only is it behind like a couple of years, you know, it, it sounds bad. And we spoke about this as well. It mm-hmm. doesn't even sound good for a funk, for a quote-unquote funk-inspired mm-hmm. album. It, all the sounds are wrong. They, they sound thin. I mean, if anything, thunk, funk should be thick and pounding, you know, like, you know, bands like Chic, they, their production, yeah. you, you listen to their shit and it, you know, even to this day, if you put it comes on in the car, it's pounding. Yeah, uh, but, but, uh, but the Queen... Real, the, the real bass did, and drums. Right, exactly. But when yeah. Queen did it, it sounded like yep. I don't know what it sounded like. It just sounded bad sonically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like robots. I, yeah. And we, we did speak I, exactly, and we spoke about this before as well. If they had like got a hold of Quincy Jones or, or, or even Michael Jackson, because they were friends with him at that point, mm. um, why did they not like you know find out what was it that, how they get these big massive sounds for these types of songs? You know, like like Off the Wall, for example, sounds huge. Do you know what I mean by Michael Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. So why didn't they? Mm-hmm. Ask these people to give them a hand with you know getting these sounds, you know. But obviously, Queen being Queen, you know, they're very they're, as as much as they were kind of pulling apart at this point, or you're led to believe they were anyway. Um, I think you know that they were quite arrogant in that sense. I think they thought they could do anything themselves. When this for me, this was a prime example of where they really, if they were going to go down this route, they should have had somebody help them with the all over production and direction of their, their material. And what's your? Do you have a favourite on the album? Me, um, uh, under pressure, obviously. I, I mean, that's 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 like you know, glaringly the best song on it. I mean, nothing else. It's, a, it's almost it's almost unfair that that's on <laughs> that aye. album. Aye, you know, totally. it's, it's just like a separate because it's like a masterpiece of a song. You know, it, it would stick out in most albums. You know, 
Um, because it's for me, it's just perfect. It's one of the greatest, you know, songs that Queen ever did, and and one of the greatest songs of the eighties. You know, uh, pop songs of the eighties, definitely. Um, uh, yeah. So probably maybe we should take Under Pressure out and pick another. Um, on the very odd occasion I ever played this over the years, it would be uh, my favorite. Would be. You know, last palabras. To be honest, you know? I because it's, clo- yeah. it's the closest to sounding like old school Queen. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and that's what it is. Really, it's like <laughs> yeah. um, that. That is uh, put out the fire is is okay as well. You know, that's a that's a pretty good song. You can't yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's got a bit of the shit, the shit kicker vibe, but yeah, I, I've grown to actually, I've I've grown to like that song. I think you're the same, aren't you, Paul? Mm. Yeah, uh, Matt, Urpal, <laughs> you're Urpal, right? <laughs> mm. um, uh, the non non Paul. Yeah. That's too much of a mouthful, so I'll just say Urpal, right? Um, <laughs> but there's some there's some good pop songs on there that you know, Aye. Colin All Girls yeah. is a great pop song. Yeah, you know, yep. um, yeah. Action and, this and, day is a good song as well. I like and, that and, as well. And, and you know, do you know what body language? I like it. It's funny as fuck. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's got it's got charm, you know. But maybe if they'd if they'd have thought a bit more about the you know the production and the and the instrumentation, it might have been better. You know, it, it might have slammed. You know, really punched. You know, the way that you know another one bites the dust. You know, does you know that's funk funk bass. You know, um, hard hitting. But they, they go away synth base, you know, for some. And I think I, I think at this point, it, it, it was probably, I, the, the story is that Brian and Roger were just like, we're, we're really not interested in this stuff, you know, and, and they were rarely there, um, you know, during the, the, you know, the funk stuff. It was, it was just John and Freddie a lot of the time. Freddie. Yeah. Um, you do wonder so, how much of this is revisionist. Yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> you know like, I know. Oh, yeah, we didn't like that. That, that blood, no, that like, bloody you movie, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, 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 the works never existed. You know? <laughs> we kind of um, spoke about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, probably for the first time, uh, you know, maybe it happened in the game, uh, but I would imagine definitely in the, on this album, there was a lot of times where there was maybe only one band member in the studio, maybe very, two. Very rarely, all four together. You know. Well, apparently, um, apparently, touching on what you're talking about, Paul. Apparently, um, even Freddie wasn't present most of the time. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of his vocal takes were like one take, and he would lay down a one take and then leave and go to the clubs. So yeah. his heart wasn't even in it because I do believe if. Yeah. Freddie's heart was in this direction, one hundred percent. It would, it would probably sound like we were talking about. It, it would sound more yeah. authentic, but because it's, of that, it's, yeah, it's kind of half-arsed, isn't it? Ah, it's half-arsed. Like they they, they mm. didn't commit to it fully, you know. Um, if if you know Freddie and, and John were really into doing this, then they should have convinced Brian and Roger. They should have made, made them see that this this was good for the band, and you know we could really make this. Um, but I think even they were just kind of half-hearted about it. They were just like, "I oh, will just get it done. We'll get it, done, you know, um, done as quickly as possible, so that we can indulge in our, you know, uh, nocturnal activities and all that kind of stuff." Yeah, that's why um, we do it. I. Yeah. Um, I would imagine quite a lot of cocaine was getting used during this album. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we were always in that club. Heaven uh, was it? Heaven. What was it? Hip. That, I think that was in London, but in Munich was it called? Oh yeah, Shack, Shack, Shack. Yeah, what was the it? Shack or something? Yeah. Take it to the Shack. Yeah, ah, right enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. But for me, I don't, I don't mind the album. I think in the context, I know you guys have talked about it in the past, like when you think about where you were at the time. So when I heard the album, it was 86, I think just before Kind of Magic came out. So at that point, I was really discovering Queen. So I just saw it as, oh, yeah, more Queen. I didn't really see it. I didn't really compare it to others even. Mm-hmm. But I, I was aware that none of the songs were on the greatest hits, obviously, because it was a year after that. But I didn't really know any of the songs other than Under Pressure. But I'm going to probably disagree with you all. I don't like Under Pressure. Oh, right. <laughs> probably, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be what? controversial. I, I think I think it's just Gaff your own podcast, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm going to be under pressure. I'm going to be under pressure from you guys. Uh, no, I, I just think it's it's not a bad song, but I just think I I just feel like it kind of goes nowhere, really. And it's like a demo. I know David Bowie said that, maybe copying him, but. Uh, for me, it's a it's a decent song, but it's not one of my favourites. My favourite on the album would maybe be Last Brothers Demo, but I really like uh, Life Is Real, and I know that's probably another one that not a lot of people like, but I just really like it. Uh, Life Is Real. Also, in my closet. The first time I heard it was yeah, our cousin Keith had the vinyl, and we heard that about eighty six, eighty seven or something. And Last Brothers Demo, and then the B side was Life Is Real. So I always had a fondness for that. Ah, they're associated with the And the two songs on it that are pretty close, close to kind of traditional Queen as well, it's a piano and Freddie singing on, you know, on, mm. on, on kind yeah. of both of them. Mm. Um, yeah. I, like, um, yeah, I mean, life is real. Um, I don't... I, I don't like the way the piano sounds on it. I think it sounds, I don't get this sort of kind of effect on the actual piano. I know it's a real piano he's playing, but it always put me off it because I'm not used to hearing Freddie with the proper grand piano and it sounded really big and yeah. huge. So it's unusual for me not to like a Freddie piano song because most of them I love, do you know yeah. what I mean? But I was just like, something about it, that I just don't like the sound of it. And there's, there's a, obviously it's kind of infamous with people that listen to our podcast, but there's a line in it that really fucking pisses me off and it's the breastfeeding myself line that just like, <laughs> I, I don't know why it annoys me so much. It's just a <laughs> shit fucking line, man. And I'm just, and it always bugs me every time. Even, I mean, I've been listening to Queen from roughly in about the same time as you, kind of 86, 87. Mm. Even mm. when I was a kid, I, obviously mm. I didn't understand what he was talking about as a kid, but I'm, it's like breast feeding. What the fuck is he talking about? And then as an adult, it's just mm. get even more irritating, even though I know exactly what what it's trying to, you know, be it's a metaphor mm. from basically mothering themselves, but mm. it's just a crap line. And it's too on the nose for me, lyrically as well. You know, it's a, a song for Lennon. I'm just like, man, fuck. Fuck Lennon, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I grew up like hating the Beatles because my dad, you know, forced them on me. Obviously, yeah. as an adult, I've got yeah. a completely different take on the Beatles. I, I respect them and I like a lot of their music. But at the time, I was just like, so that was like three things that, that really annoyed me about the song. <laughs> Sorry, mate, I don't mean to rip your song. <laughs> no, no. Do you know? Do you know what the original lyric was for the start of it? No. Uh, guilt stains on my pillow. Do you know what the original lyric was? No. It wasn't guilt. It was the word that you've got there for your name. <laughs> that was the original. And then they said, Freddie, you can't use that. 
That was yeah, that was the original lyric. What? On my pillow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then apparently they said, Freddie, you can't use that, but that was a, a original. I don't even know that man. That's that's bizarre. Yeah. Aye, that's that's yeah. that's that was original it, lyric. That that makes <laughs> no fucking sense either. It's just like why would you even think to put mm. that in there? That's just daft. Aye. Silly Freddie. Maybe Freddie was away with it. I think, <laughs> I, think, I, think I think it was like, half a Peru was stuck up his yeah. nose, so he was like, oh. too much partying. <laughs> okay, well, that's hot space, so let's uh, maybe talk in 1984 and the works. Paul, do you want to give us the, the information related to that? Their finest album yet, featuring Radio Gaga. I want and I Want to Break Free. Queen, the works on album and cassette from Asda, Littlewoods, Morrisons and Greens of Debenhams now. You've been together 14 years now and at one stage you took an 18 month break from each other because in your own words you hated each other's guts. How difficult has it been to stay together all this time? It's terribly difficult. What have been the major problems? Um, I think it's like a marriage really, you know, you, you, you love each other but you hate each other at times as well really, you know, and it's... Um, you're stuck together a lot of the time. You, you go everywhere together, you know, and the time comes when you just need a bit of breathing space. And over the years, we've just learned to give each other a bit of space. Actually, I mean, we joke about it, but I mean, we, we get on fine. Roger, despite selling over 55 million records, you've never really been the darling of the critics set. Does that annoy you? It used to. Um, and it, well, it used to, they, they were very cruel and sometimes wrong and factually wrong, you know. Has there been any nasty really nasty incidents in the last few years um no just just wrong just when they get facts wrong you know you just cry all the way to <laughs> looking at your concerts and your videos over the years you always look as though you're having fun is that the case i think it should be fun i mean if it was a bore i think we'd all start doing different things and i think in one way we're, we are in a very lucky position because i mean we can um have fun and earn our keep at the same time i know it's it's Everybody wants to do that, and I think we're we're in a very lucky position. But it, it is hard work too. But it's like you say. I mean, uh, we like to have fun, and I hope that comes across. Otherwise, it would be a very boring world to live in. Yeah. So Rolling Stones Park Peterborough described it as their first real album in some time, and a royal feast of hard rock. Sandy Robertson in a three-star review for Sounds wrote, "This time around, Queen have played it safe." And in a retrospective review, Greg Prato of All Music felt that while the songwriting had definitely improved from its predecessor for Hot Space, he also believed the album sonically lacked the punch of such, such earlier releases such as Using the World and the Game. And the, the sales for the album, for the works, were 5.1 million. Uh, so that was almost, almost double what Hot Space was. And uh, it went platinum in the UK and gold in the US, reaching number two in the UK and number 23 in the US. And one point in terms of equivalent uh, albums here, so with, with streams and YouTube and such like, it equates to 1.1 million extra sales, uh, which is 400,000 increase on hot space. And can you guess what the most streamed track on the album is? Gonna say Radio Gaga. Nah, uh, Gaga. No, is this the one I've created? Really? I want to break three. Really, aye? Oh, of course. Uh, I want yeah. to break three. I can see why. And obviously Radio Gaga would probably be close. 
with 530,000 extra sales, eh, sorry, streams that make up the 1.1 million. Uh, and the album, the album title comes from a comment Roger Taylor made when he when the recording began, and it was "Let's give them the works." Ah, yes, right, yep. Hmm. I mean, I. So. Yeah. Do you want to say on the works the album? Um, hmm. Yeah, just just kind of like what we're talking about there. Any thoughts on the, the different sales and the review? Well. Yeah. I can only put it down to the fact that it's a better album than Hot Space, and obviously, again, probably word of mouth at the time. You know, people are saying, "Well, does 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 actual rock in this record?" So, probably a lot of fans came back mm-hmm. to the fold, you know, because there was some, you know, semblance of Queen's core sound, if you like. You know, there was a lot. another thing that we never mentioned there, and only just really occurred to me there was Hot Space didn't have pretty much other than Last Palabras, it didn't really have any vocal harmonies that Queen were known for. There was not pretty much none of that that I can think mm-hmm. of off the top of my head but it's been time you got you got to the works you know you had a hard life which is very much a a I could have sat on a day of the races you know it's, it sounds like a 70s era queen song yeah um you know um there's a bunch of other songs on it as well that you know that i've got the, the vocal harmonies and stuff so all that stuff that you kind of love them for is back again although that you know there is some songs on it that aren't fantastic and but there's nothing too far deviated from from the traditional sound, so I can only equate that to why the sales were better, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think with the, I think with the sales side of things, it's I mean, five million is still a very, very good amount of albums to 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 sell, and I think it's maybe all the more remarkable considering it really did nothing in America, so that was really Aye. the five million was coming from the rest of the world, so that is impressive in that respect. And I remember at the time, I mean, it was only, what, about 10 or so, but I do remember it was a big deal when it came came out. Uh, it was hugely successful for the band in the UK. Um, personally, it's maybe an album I don't rate as highly now as I did then, but it's still very good. Uh, for, for me, the works is a, is a real missed opportunity. I think with the songs the band had for selection at this point, they could have had a near classic. But I think there's it's only nine songs long. I think there was a couple of songs that could have been taken off that and better ones that they had locked away, put in its place. Um, but it does have obviously some of their best eighty singles. You know, Radio Gaga, Once Break Free, uh, are on there. Uh, it's a breezy album, uh, and I, I think for the band it was important because after Hot Space, this really did redefine their sound again they maybe went a little bit too far with hot space and i think here they maybe got it right that kind of rock pop band uh queen are a rock band but they were trying to stay relevant and and really move their sound towards that more poppy sound and i think they've done it far more successfully here than they did on hot space they got the balance right uh, on here and allowed them to continue to remain successful uh, but yeah, my favourite track on it is Radio Gaga. I think that's an absolute mm. Queen classic. Aye, absolutely, absolutely aye. Yeah. And that's a good example of what you're talking about there, T- using technology, but actually enhancing the song, yeah. like making the song, mm-hmm. whereas Hot Space, it didn't yeah, work. Yeah, because it, but the difference, again, it, like, something like Gaga sounds sounds right for the time, whereas it doesn't say, whereas mm-hmm. obviously Hot Space yeah. is like, you know, maybe... Yep. I mean, when did when did disco really go on its arse? You're probably talking late seventies, 
79. Aye, so, yeah. so you're talking, they're three years behind releasing an album, yeah. you know, of mm-hmm. Stroke Disco. Yeah. So 100%, it was more current. Um, and I think that came down to Roger as well, obviously, because Roger wrote the song. Roger was always the, the member mm-hmm. of Queen that, that was very, that was very much looking at what was going on at the time. Like, Freddie, yeah. Brian, <clears throat> and John, I think, were, were all kind of into their own little worlds of things that they liked, but I don't know so much that they were looking at, you know, things that were in front of them, at the, you know, and taking taking yeah. influences from current styles, but incorporating it mm-hmm. in the Queen kind of machine and, and putting it back out, whereas they did that with Radio Gaga very well. And what what, what about, do uh, you have a favourite song on the album? Me? Um, yeah. Radio Gaga is definitely the best song on it, I would say. Um, then I'd probably say it's a hard life. It's an amazing, it's an amazing song. But it's weird because as a kid growing up, my brothers like uh, ages with Paul, so there's a there's a quite a bit of a gap between me and my brother. So um, my brother played this album to absolute death. So it, it took me a long time to really like to have to step away from the works and actually see it for what it actually was. Because if you'd asked me even before we did this our own podcast, if you'd asked me about the works, I, I, I would have said, "Oh fuck that album." Because it was just played to death. But as I went back to it for the for the purpose of our podcast, um, I was like, "No, this this is this is really good music on it." In fact, the majority of the album's a good album. It's just maybe one song that I don't really particularly like. So, yeah, Hard Life is for me because it's the essence of Queen again. You know, it's Freddie at a piano doing his thing, and I love that. And I think if you're a proper Queen fan, that's you know, you need that. And. And Paul, what about yourself? What are your thoughts on the album and your favourite? Well, I, I think um, the the big difference here is that, um, and you know, um, history uh, tells us that the the band did get together at some point and and thought, well, you know, the last album was a failure. We need to focus. You know, we need to decide do we want this mm-hmm. band to continue, and if we do, then we need to actually spend some time in the studio together and mm-hmm. you know uh come up with something you know and 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 i think that it, you know the results are there that it's a it's a very good mm-hmm. album um and and i think in terms of the sales i think i think you might have picked up a lot of uh just casual fans or just people you know that liked mm-hmm. like the the singles because you had three yeah. absolutely fantastic videos that they must have spent an absolute fortune on you know, at the time, man. Yeah, um, you know, probably dropped a, you know, about a million quid on. It's a hard life for a, you know, for one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and Gaga as well. You know, that's you know, mm-hmm. so iconic. Yeah. yeah, um, and obviously I want to break free that which, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, them off that, in America. That 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 uh, killed mm-hmm. America. But um, <laughs> in, in terms of America, you know, mentioned America. It's a very European sounding album to me. It's not. Mm-hmm. They're, they're don't don't make any pretensions anymore to to America. You know, Aye. the, the mm-hmm. game and and jazz uh, music well. in the world and jazz are very, very American oriented. Anthem rock, yeah, rock anthems. Yeah. But I think they're, you know, they're, they're looking closer to home, you know, synth pop and all that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Gaga uh, machines that are looking at, you know, slight, maybe early kind of industrial stuff, you know, yeah. Roger, you know, mm-hmm. maybe been looking at bands. That throbbing um, gristle. Throbbing gristle and all that, yeah. <laughs> I don't even uh, listen to throbbing gristle. Man. Front, front 242 and all that. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so, 
Aye, it's a it's a European album for me, um, and uh, yeah, there's there's maybe only really one song that I think is not that great. The rest are, are there, there, oh, there's two absolute classics. There's Radio Gaga and that's it's a hard life, you know, mm-hmm. which are they, they would go in my top whatever twenty, you know, great screen yeah. songs um, easily. Um and uh, yeah, it's it, it's a very good album. Um and uh, I, it's uh, and you can hear you can hear that they've spent time on each song. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. they're not just half formed ideas or things that they've just rushed. You know, um, like on the previous album. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's it, it's a it's it's a very good album uh, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh. And my favourite track, well, you know, uh, it, like Joe, it would either be Radio Gaga or It's a Hard Life. Um, mm-hmm. But there's there, there's some other good stuff on here, definitely. I yeah. like to, like, Habit of Fall and Tear It Up are, are good, man. They're good rock yeah. tunes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. especially I know most people go to Habit of Fall, but tear, for me, Tear It Up, I prefer Tear It Up. Although I know Habit of Fall is a better song, if that makes sense. Like, there's more to it and, um, you know, more... Yeah, there's more to it musically, but tear it up just like yeah. fucking tears your face off. You know, it's like it's probably it's it's more metal riff. Uh, like, Freddie's, vo- yeah. Freddie's vocal attacks intense as well, man. His vocals are, are amazing, fucking raging yeah. on that song, man. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I, there was a wee bit. Yeah. There was something to prove. Maybe I don't know if it was <laughs> maybe from Freddie, but definitely from Brian. Probably as we know, pushed pushed Freddie to do the heavy rock songs with everything that he had, and it shows on that, man, because it, it tear your face off, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, the album, I, I like the like the covers. I think it's really quite cool, and they look really cool. And in some ways, the way they look, I almost think that's the the public's image of Queen. That sort of image when you see them there. And what's quite ironic, we we're talking about. You know, it sounds very European. It was the only Queen album that was recorded in America. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, in LA in the sun, yeah. and of course it's very uh, European. Uh, uh, but I, I think it's a really good album. It, of its time, and things like I want to break three. I really like the live in Rio version. There's just something about that, and and I think although it's a it's a good song, I think it could be even I better. Agree, I- Better live, it's much for me. It's exactly the same. It's too it's too sanitized Mm. on the record. It's too it's too polished. Whereas, like like a lot of um, Queen eighties material, it it usually works out better live because Brian's more involved in it and cranking up the distortion and and making. And I'm not just saying it makes it better because there's a heavy guitar in it. I don't mean that, but it just sounds more organic because it's a band playing it live as opposed to. You know, I looked. I, I do believe it's a looped drum um, yep. beat for. Um, I want to break free because it sounds like one. It doesn't sound like Roger played it live. But... Yeah. So my favorite song <laughs> probably Radio Gaga. Yeah. What was your favorite song, Paul? Ah, uh, yeah. I'll go for it's a hard life. It's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song, uh, and it's uh, very seventies. Um, so it's nice that they they recognise their, their past as well. You know, and they do a good job of it. The last Queen piano song, really. Yeah, pretty much. Aye. Right. Yeah, yeah. Aye. yeah. yeah. Mm. It was, wasn't it? 
No, it's Aye. okay. It was, it, it mm. was just when you think about it. There's there is no more piano based songs, mm-hmm. and it's weird because that like he says desperately through each album. No, because <laughs> we 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 said the same thing in, in our podcast as well. We brought that up. It was it was we you know we said it was the last kind of Freddie piano. I team. must have nicked it from you. Aye, Stephen <laughs> bastard. Um, <laughs> um, but no, um, but it's kind of weird though because I only recently was watching an interview with Brian May, and I just always as I just I just always assumed that there was a lack of Freddie piano songs, maybe because I don't know, maybe they, they, they didn't feel that 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 maybe they maybe felt that that was going back in time and it was not kind of recurrent to where they were going forward. But apparently, you know, Brian in an interview said that you know he was he was kind of disappointed that that Freddie didn't play more piano on later on Queen records. So I thought that was quite interesting. That obviously Brian missed missed that element, you know. Yeah. Because I think they said Freddie, he was so he's live now that he, he wanted to be didn't want to be on the pa- piano. Aye, that's right. He wanted to be more throwing yeah, shapes more. on stage and be more of a front yeah. man. That's correct. Aye. Yeah. Aye. yeah, yeah, but it's a shame because the guy was a master at the yeah. piano and, and writing those, oh, those types of songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's amazing. I yeah. uh, just uh, attacked the keys, didn't he? You know, very very mm-hmm. heavy. Aye. Beautiful, beautiful player, you know. Yeah. Plus, that was when he was completely in his element, maybe. Yeah, no, I was just going to say one of the uh, things when you watch the the gigs in 1986, the, there's a real lack of Freddie on the piano right. in 1986. Mm. So that, that, that comes through loud and clear. That was what he obviously wanted. He wanted to be standing, running around that stage. It was definitely more about the capturing the crowd at that point for him, I think, rather than... Yeah, that's why they got, they got Spike Edney involved. You know, he took a lot of the piano duties off Freddie at that point. Which, I, but I, again, I mean, at that point, '86, you know, Queen were massive again because of the, the whole, you know, Live Aid performance. And at that point, I would go as far as to say, I know Paul agrees with me and David agrees with me that '86 when he played Wembley, there's there's a lot of people there that only just get into Queen, you know what I mean, because of Live Aid. So obviously, there are plenty of all these different. Yeah. There are plenty. Of, don't get me wrong. There, there, there's old school fans there for sure. But what I mean is, so. It's maybe a reinvention in their minds. That you know, this is this is Queen now, and because you know we're known for playing Live Aid and how much stage presence we had, so I think that was more of a, a, a you know, an influence in Freddie definitely to be that show to really be that showman. You know what I mean? Rather than stuck behind a piano, mm. it's a shame because I've seen him doing that shit. Played played it safe, I think. I know you guys don't particularly like that tour as much as well, because for me, I kind of don't like how Queen have become like. For me, the Wembley thing—it's almost like a caricature. Aye, of the totally. Band. It's like how people who don't really know the band. Absolutely, that's why they're remembered for that. Even Freddie, yeah, Freddie it's with the jacket, Freddy, yeah. the yellow jacket, the yellow jacket yeah, thing. Yeah, for me, yeah. not Freddie. That's not. I, I'm, I, yeah, I, I'm exactly the same. It's and for exactly the same reason. And Paul's shaking his head there and, and yeah. stuff. So I think he agrees. It's like when people think of Freddie, they think of the, the you know the yellow jacket and, and the, the white trousers and stuff. And that's that's not how that's not my my Freddie, my Freddie's my Freddie's got like you know kind of. The, my ideal Freddy look is like kind of the crazy tour in nineteen seventy nine, where his hair was kind of to about here, and he had the leather, he had all the biker. That, that I love that look, man, because he was just, he was just fucking rocking, and that's that's how I like to remember him. You know what I mean? And obviously the seventies, he looked fucking awesome with the long hair and all the crazy cat suits and shit. But yeah, so it pisses me off as well. You know, you get the bobble heads, and it's always a Freddy with the the fucking. But hey, hey, oh. people, if that's I mean, as long as people are listening to Queen, why, yeah, why you know, if that's exactly, the main thing. Exactly. I mean, 
Okay, let's uh, move on to the next part then. So, uh, we'd have to be stone cold crazy to try it, but try it we will. It's time to start selecting the songs for Workspace. So what we need to do is agree on the songs that make onto our album, which can't be over 50 minutes in duration. And the way that we're going to work it is, uh, obviously, five of us voted. Uh, we're missing David tonight from the In the Lap of the Pods. David also voted. And if a song got three or more votes, it made it onto the album. And I'm pleased to say we actually have 10 songs which uh, met that criteria, which does leave a space for a final two, of which we'll come back to later on in the episode. So what we're going to do now is go through the songs that did make it on to the, the Workspace album, and we'll talk a little bit about each of them as well. So the first one that makes it, and this was unanimous, it was, even though, Paul, you said you didn't like it, you voted for Under Pressure. I just felt it, it fed on the album, you know. I don't personally like it, but I, but I think it's... Explain yourself. Because it's almost like the song's quite timeless. It doesn't sound of its time. So I mm. think it just it's good to have it on the album. But it's not one of my favourite yeah. Queen songs. Because there's, there's not enough Brian May on even, it. Even if you don't like it, you can appreciate that it's, as, as, as some sort of event, it's a, it's a pretty unique song, you know. Um, and in terms of the structure and all that, you know, I mean, it's not really got a chorus, and you know, there's there's not really any discernible, you know, instrumentation happening, really. You know, it's it's more rhythm and all that. But aye, so aye, you, you can appreciate it's uh, its impact, even if you don't like, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's loads of songs aye. that I, I feel the same about. I'm like, aye, I can appreciate that, you know. Kinda, I kinda like Nirvana. Spirit. Yeah, but it doesn't do anything yeah. for me. You know, I, yeah. I don't I connect with it emotionally or whatever. <laughs> you know, mm. you can appreciate something and say, "I will." Mm. Yeah, I can get that. It's it's got that classic two note bass line. Obviously, the lovely Joan vocals with Freddie and uh, David Bowie. I love the piano at the end of the song, mm. uh, which is really nice. After we get that iconic uh, bass and. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a wonderful song. Uh, a couple of facts related to it. So, obviously, Queen's second number one single in the UK. First one being Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, duh. Uh, David Bowie performed this live with Annie Lennox at the 1992 Freddie Mercury Tributes concert. And in the US, Under Pressure was actually on Queen's Greatest Hit. I ruined it, yeah. Uh, this was actually on Queen's Greatest Hit there, uh, but we had to wait in the UK until 
uh, released on the Hot Space album. Mm, that was worth the wait, man. Can I give you an interesting fact? Another interesting fact. Sorry. Uh, when the Falklands War was on, Under Pressure was number one in the Falklands, which is quite unbelievable. When you think at that time, and it just showed you. And I think Freddie, Freddie said at the time, that's the great thing about music. It uh-huh. transcends war and religion, and you know, and it, so that was number one. Uh, in Argentina when the Falklands War. Well, music's definitely a a unifier, absolutely, you know. Well, that's the thing. You remember at the time there was photographs of the band because they were touring down there and they've got photos with the likes of Diego Maradona. Yeah. You know, and we're we're meant to be at war. It's it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Uh, It's not. Music is the... I think music like sport is something that brings people together, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, I absolutely. I mean, it's universal, isn't it? I mean, who who doesn't like music? And if you don't like absolutely. music, I don't like you. So I don't trust you for a start. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have no soul. That's, that's your criteria. Exactly. Uh, well, our second unanimous choice is a song we've talked about already, and that is Radio Gaga. So down we come, some background noise, I know a couple of facts for that one. That was obviously the first single from the works, a number two hit in the UK, number 16 in America. Uh, and if I remember correctly, was it not Frankie Goes to Hollywood's Relax or Two Tribes that kept it off number one? It was Relax. Relax, yeah. Because mm, Relax yeah. was number one for about 15 weeks or something, wasn't it? Even though the BBC right, had banned yeah. it. It, it, yeah. it, it, it ruined Queen's big comeback. It was a big, big seller. It's one of those really famous number twos, isn't it? That uh, should have got to number one. It's kind of like yeah, Vienna, Vienna by Ultravox. When you, when you think when you think about that, that's insane because Vienna's one of the best. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Vienna's an absolute classic. Yeah. Uh, and Roger Taylor claimed this. It was inspired to write this after watching MTV. He noticed that lots of kids were watching the channel instead of listening to the radio. Uh, but I know we've talked about the song already, uh, uh, and obviously it's it's hugely iconic due to its video and also having been performed by the band at Live Aid. But one of the things I remember at the time, uh, which maybe has got lost over the years, is this was something a song that, that there's nothing that Queen had done previously that sounds like this. This was a really fresh new sound mm. for the band because you couldn't see this being on Hot Space, could you? And so it really was quite, quite, quite different for the band. Uh, I remember it was Aye. a big, big deal um, at the time. Uh, so, yeah, great song. And and, and they, did, they did a thing where which they should have done in Hot Space. They got someone in that could do it better than what 
what they could mm-hmm. do. So they got Fred Mandelin, who knew how to program, you know, sequencers and all that. Yeah. And they got him to help them out, you know, get the get the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your buddy. Yeah, yeah. The, the uh, boy he, Fred. He obviously <laughs> spoke to him about it, you know, and it was very, it's very understated. You know, we're asking it, but all like hushed and yeah. like, and he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I just come in and I just, you know. I, we, I, I think we, it was a June 08 or whatever, you know, and he's like, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, did a couple of things and, you know, like, it's one of the I, iconic pop songs of the 80s, you know, and you're just, just like, like ah, I just, yeah, I, just I, like you know. It's bizarre I, as well because that whole conversation, we were the, we were the ones that had to wrap it up because he just kept talking. You would think he would be like, "Aye, right, guys, that's that's my time up." It was, it was just, <laughs> we could have literally, I probably have talked to him for another yeah. hour and a half or something. He was like, yeah. such a." What did he? What, what did he say to you when he when you were going? Did you not say, "Oh, I want, we want to break free"? Come nah, on, no, <laughs> no, nah, because he, we we're just amazed that the guy was actually willing to talk to a you know three arseholes mm-hmm. from Glasgow. So it was quite. It was quite, yeah. quite hum- humbling, you know, but it was a big deal. We, could, we couldn't believe it, obviously, you know, sitting talking to a guy. It was, it was in the inner sanctums of Queen, you know. It's, yeah. it's insane. And all the other stuff he played. He played on the wall. The wall. I played in the, yeah. in the flesh and the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't realise yeah. that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so the last unanimous choice that makes it on to Workspace is a song that we've already talked about, which we rated very highly, and that was It's a Hard Life. And I'm falling apart yeah. It's a hard life To be true lovers together To love and live forever In each other's hearts It's a long, hard fight To learn to care for each other To trust in one another And let me give you a couple of facts for that. So this was the third single from the works, got to number six in the UK, uh, but a paltry 72 in the US. Mm. Um, It was written by Freddie. uh, It's uh, apparently about the hardships of maintaining any kind of significant relationship with somebody and have that person's complete trust. And uh, on Queen's Greatest Video Hits 2 collection, Roger Taylor, who is absolute comedy gold, Uh, on the commentaries for that uh, very Mm -hmm. curmudgeonly Uh, he said that this was one of his favourite songs that Freddie wrote but he absolutely hated the music video it shows in the video (laughs) you can see it oh yeah big time but based on the commentary I have to say I don't don't know if Roger Terrell liked many of Queen's videos Mm, which is own. fucking which is hilarious yeah. really if you see these uh, own solo videos man yeah. they're fucking dreadful oh, they're okay. like worse than oh, yeah. they're worse than the body language video and that's that's going some you know what I mean I like David Hasselhoff oh geez. man David, David Hasselhoff looks like fucking <laughs> yep. Christopher Nolan directed these videos next to fucking Roger man <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry I, I was going to say I think on our pod I said that um the video um, to me as uh, what Queen Two looks like in my head. Aye, you know mm, all, all the you know like a baroque stuff and all that. Yeah, aye. Uh, yeah. It's a, I, yeah. I think it's a great video. You know, <laughs> but uh, and and uh, it, even uh, John looks quite pissed off as well, which is funny. 
you know, the two of them are just kind of standing there. At, at least, at least Brian gets something to do. He gets, you know, he gets his skull guitar and all that. Yeah. Uh, but they're just, they're just standing in the background like that. Uh, mm-hmm. video, sh- the video is shit, but I've grown to kind of like it. Yeah. You know, I think, do you know, do you know what we would, I'd see if that video would have been in black and white. I think I would have suited that video a lot more, man. It would have been cool if it was in black and white. Because all, all the videos were in black and white at that point. Yeah, everybody mm. seemed to do black and white videos. Uh, Visage and uh, shit like that. For me, yeah. yeah. It's funny because I sort of think, I'm not a massive fan of the video, and I kind of think, I wonder what our, I want to be free if you include that as well, I wonder what our image of the song would be if they had different videos. Because the videos are so part of what I think Absolutely, yeah. And it'd be, interest, it'd be interesting to know what, like it's a hard life if it was a different video. Aye. And how you oh, you'd think, think yeah. it would, you would yeah. think it completely different. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. A video, a video can, yeah. like you say, it can, we, we did um, just kind of similar to what you're saying here, like about visuals dictating how you feel about a song or, mm. or what you see in your mind. We did an Iron Maiden. Mm. We are mm. big Iron Maiden fans as well. So, we, 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 yeah, cool, man. We do. We did another podcast with, yeah. with guys from an Iron Maiden podcast. We were talking about how Iron Maiden, you know, every, especially their early, like four, first maybe five or six albums, seven albums, those covers put you into a world where you, it shapes the way you listen to the music and if you it'd be hard to think of those those um covers being different because it would completely change the vibe of the music and the world that it envelops so i totally get where you're coming from with the videos if it could totally flip a song completely Alrighty, so um that's those are the songs that were unanimous choices we had two songs which received four votes and the first of them is Las Palaras de Amor. But while we live, we'll meet again. So then, my love, we may whisper once more. It's you I adore. Las Palaras de Amor. Let me hear the words of love. And I think the only person that didn't vote for that was, he says, looking at his notes, was David, who's not here, Fucking so idiot. we can call him names David, if we want, uh, like fool for not picking it. <laughs> so, last palaver. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Yes, uh, That's uh, why he was barred uh, from tonight. He never just not turned up, he was barred. So maybe, uh, if Joe, Joe and Paul, uh, what's your thoughts on that particular song? That's one we've not really delved um, into think, all that much uh, yet this I evening. think in the podcast for, uh, we did for Hot Space, I, I, kinda, I was a bit unkind about it because I said that um, I, I'd went out the room and it was playing and I came back in and, and it, just the keyboard swell at the start just kind of put me in the mind of uh, some sort of Eurovision song. <laughs> like, you know, Azerbaijan or something like that. But I actually really do love the song. But it's a, it's a good example of Brian um, being very melancholic about things. You know, um, yeah. it's a song about, it's a song celebrating you know the 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 kind of uh, uh, the, the, the trip to you know uh, the, the Latin America and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
but it's like, you know, don't touch me now, don't hold me now, and all this kind of stuff, you know. Um, uh, in the same way that, um, you know, Terry, Teo Toriati on A Date the Races, you know, is yeah. celebrating the people of Japan, but that's very sad as well, you know. Um, the guy, yeah. the guy's got a, um, yeah, a, a certain style um, that unfortunately can go a wee bit over the edge and become really mawkish and all that, you know. But when he gets it right, you know, is it, you know, to me, he's, yeah. it, he's the best songwriter in Queen. Um, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that, I, that's a lovely wee song. Um, and uh, <laughs> we keep talking about videos, but the, the, not a video as such, but the, the top of the pops performance, you know, the, the, the you know, Fed doing the, the, the tuxedo with the trainers on and all that, you know, it's pretty cool. Right, trainers. Yeah. He's a trailblazer, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's the, His miming's terrible. His miming's terrible, aye. I, I, think that's, I think that's <laughs> deliberate. It's deliberate, though. I know, I think so, and, and Roger's singing harmonies <laughs> when there's no ha- you know there's no harmonies in the song, you know. That's he's singing along. Yeah. Uh, so uh aye. Aye, it's a, it's a great song. Um and uh, for for a long time after, you know, Under Pressure was my favourite on Hot Space, definitely. Mm. Yeah. And probably because yeah. it was the most like you know, traditional queen, you know, the queen that the mm. queen that I loved, you know, that that I get into, you know. Yeah, last parabolas. It's um, I, again. I think I mentioned it earlier on. It's just it's, it's just that it's closer to the traditional Queen sound. Um, so mm-hmm. I had to go on this list for me because on the list of songs, there's there's not a lot of that on display. So mm-hmm. I figured this song you needed a wee bit of the old harmony, you know, the the vocal harmonies in there, which there was it was quite lacking in the eighties. I feel you know they, they kind of cut right back on it. So that was. One of the reasons why I included it in the in the selection of songs. Yeah, you know? and and for me, I think with this, uh, with, uh, it was nice that Freddie got dressed up for that top of the pops appearance, wasn't it? I look smart. With the tux on that night, ah, which was nice. Cool, um, but yeah, it only made it. It did, didn't it? And and it's a scandal though. The song only got to number seventeen in the UK and never got on greatest hits too. When you consider mm. some of the songs that were were on there, there's a little ah, bit scandalous. But one of the things that I, I take your point, there is, and one of the points Paul made there about it is the keyboard sound on it, it actually did sound like a travel program that was on <coughs> in the 80s. I'm sure it was Gloria Honeyford that uh, hosted it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the guitars coming in, it did sound a little bit like Les Polaris yeah. Day more. Yeah, it, there definitely was. But one, one, one of my favourite things about this song is actually how Brian May underplays the guitar solo in it. Aye. It's, it's it's actually very underplayed. It doesn't do very much on it there, which is I think it's a sign of a, a great guitar player when they know to dial it back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as opposed yep. to uh, how many notes can I get into this 20-minute passage mm-hmm. of music there. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I like about the song there as well. Okay, guys, the fifth song. Uh, and that gets on, and this got four votes. And the only person not to vote for it this time was not Blue Paul. And <laughs> this is Love Kills. Love don't give no indication. Love just won't stand still. Love kills, drills you through your heart. Love kills, scars you. Stay for a lifetime, won't let you go Cause love 
so Love Kills is was obviously ended up being a solo release by Freddie Mercury and uh, released a single and uh, a couple of interesting facts related to it. So yes, it, it could have been on the works, but the band rejected it. Released by Freddie as a solo single. And did you know it was used on the closing credits of the 1993 film Loaded Weapon yep, 1? Yep, yep, that's right. Oh, I can't <laughs> remember. I've seen the film as well. but I can't. Aye, aye. Yeah, it was a kind of rock version. Yeah, with a slide guitar. I think so, yeah. It's, but I mean, the one that we got was obviously very, very, very obviously produced by Giorgio Moroder there. So a very, very much his production. Uh, but for me, it was a shame it never got into the works album. Um, and the only mm. thing I can think of is maybe why not is when you listen to the backing track on it, the drums, it does sound a little like Radio Gaga. So I, I do wonder if for exactly. uh, maybe uh, the backing's too similar. I, I, I don't know, but um, it's, a, it's a brilliant song to not put on your album. I don't know what, what do you guys think? Um, so, Joe, I know you picked it as well. What do you think of the song? I love it. Um, I think it's a, a great driving, you know, kind of dance track, you know. And I, like you were saying there about the whole kind of sounding similar to um, Radio Gaga, with the, as far as the beats concerned, that might have been a that might have been a conscious yeah. thing because they maybe thought, you know, there was too much of one style on the album previous, and they maybe thought. They didn't want to go down that rabbit hole with yeah. this record, putting two quote unquote electronic dance songs to you know on the same record. So, but as a as a song for me, it's it's fucking far better than than Man in the Prowl. It's it's far better than as this the will be created. Um, it's for me, it's better than um. Fucking, I want to break free because I don't really care for that song anyway. So there's three songs that I think it's far superior, you know. And uh, obviously George Maroder doing the, you know, he was the master at that time for getting that really, really oh, pounding oh, yeah. um, kind of eighties synth uh, pop stuff sounding, you know, t- top tier. He was the man uh, that did that whole genre. So I love it, man. And I think Freddie's vocals are outstanding. You know, yeah. the, the actual vocal oh. melodies. I mean, say what you want about Freddie. Even on bad Queen songs, his his vocal mel- his vocal performance and his and his and his melodies are always great. I mean, Freddie's Freddie, you know, he's untouchable. There's the, there's I can't even really think offhand that I, 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 even on worst Queen songs where he, you know I'm not impressed with his vocal still, you know. So there you go. But I because yeah, because even when you think about Hot Space, it's somewhat although it's not a luxury, it's not one of Queen's best albums, but. Vocals, oh, they're amazing! Yeah. I mean, even <laughs> on body, that body yeah, language are fucking un- unbelievably <laughs> powerful, and he's singing yeah. about the crappiest things, but he's singing it with such power and conviction that he's it, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, he's got he's given more power to that, and it's about you know it's about you know sleazy sex, you know, for, forceful, <laughs> almost rape. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, so I suppose the vocal pattern does match the, the, the sentiment of the mm. song. Then I suppose, but yeah, <laughs> creepy mm. bastard. <laughs> so you 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 didn't pick it, Paul. Um, uh, just uh, other songs you preferred more. Yeah, I I I I do love the song, and uh, I, I agree with Joe the the way Freddie sings it. But but again, the way Freddie sings everything is amazing. You know, but. Uh, yeah, it's a song. It's a song I like, um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, 
you could take as a as a world, and you could take Man in the Prowl out, um, and put and put that in there, and and it would it, it wouldn't look out of place. Um, and I think I agree with Joe when he says maybe they would, or uh, you as well, um, Stephen, that um, they maybe you know they were looking at the balance of sounds, you know, they were thinking, well, we don't want too much electronic stuff on, you know, because you've got machines and you've got Radio Gaga in there already, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I said, <laughs> I think I said in our pod for the what's that uh, I really, really, really want a. Queen electronic album, a whole album of just that would have been awesome, you know, mm-hmm. uh, done right, yeah, yeah, radio Gaga style, you know, that, that type of you yeah. know, that quality, you know, a whole <laughs> album and that would have been amazing, you know, anyway. Um, but Love Kills, you know, it's a great song, it's not, a, you know, um, I, I don't know, I don't know why I didn't include it, but I didn't include quite a lot of uh, great songs, so you know, there you go, can't pick them all. Okay, brother Paul, you got exactly. Uh, brother Paul, you got anything you wanted to say before we move on? It's a great song. It's funny because I remember at the time when it came out, Hammer to Fall was in the charts. I think that was number ten, and Hammer to Fall was thirteen. Mm-hmm. I remember at the time, it's quite quite funny when I look back. But it's mm-hmm. it's a great song, and Freddie's like the falsetto is amazing, amazing as well. Yeah, and I think the Georgia Moroder just fits the melody, and I love that. George Moroder sound and because that would have been like the year after Scarface. I mean, aye, that's right, aye. Yeah, yeah. Scarface yeah. was eighty three, so yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And, um, so yeah, no, ex- excellent, mm-hmm. excellent song. Okay, thank you for that. So our next song that gets on here, and this is a batch of five songs that got three votes each, and the first one is Soul Brother. God bless my soul. Here he comes now The man with the most How does he do it? Sure he's got style He's so heavy He's a trip Do anything Anything And this was picked by uh, the Lap of the Pods guys, all three of you. Mm. Um, so, I, I don't know, Joe, do you want to tell us what you like about Soul Brother? More like what's there not to like, man. <laughs> this is a, this is an absolute hidden gem to me. I mean, for a start, <laughs> the, the, the vocal gymnastics in this song, all the different styles that, that Freddie mm. sings, he sings in falsetto, full voice, head voice, it's like... And I don't even think he's trying to show off. It's just the, the guy's just that good. It's just he's able to hit these unbelievable, you know, vocal, you know, prow- his prowess is just odd show, basically, in this song. But I love this, and I love the sentiment behind it as well. You know, he wrote it, you know, I think, obviously, he wrote it to to tell Brian that, you know, you, that he still cared about the guy and he still thought he was he was an important mm-hmm. part of his life. Because I, I, and knowing, kind of knowing what we know about Freddie, you know, I don't think he was... I think he was quite a moody guy, so I think writing a song would probably have been the better, the best way for him to communicate that to Brian rather than just come right out and say, oh, by the way, you know, let's sit down, you know, I cherish you as a friend. I don't see Freddie doing that, but I, I, I genuinely think he would think it, but 
he'd probably be easier to put into song and he did a great job in my opinion because I just fucking love this song. I mean, I really do. It, it might be one of my favourite songs on the list. I know some folk listening to this will probably be just like, what? But, um, but I love it and I love Brian's guitar playing in it. It's just bluesy. It's mm-hmm. just like you were saying, it's not overplayed. It's just the notes are just perfect. You know, they, they just convey the feel of the song. It's quite a brooding song as well. Although when it starts, it, it could probably be considered a little little bit goofy because it comes in with it, you know, the high folk and stuff. But it, it slowly as the song goes, but becomes heavier in a way. But it's not a heavy song, but it feels mm-hmm. like, yeah, like emotionally it heavy. It's emotionally heavy. Yeah. heavy. Mm-hmm. I remember Brian brings mm-hmm. it up, and it's like fucking amazing, you know. And um, Brian mm-hmm. just doing his thing, but uh, I can't fault it, man. I love it. I, I, it was the my brother used to buy the, the you know, the little. Was it the little three-inch CD singles? Oh, the CDs, the small CDs, yeah. My brother bought them back in the day, and obviously this was the the B-side to, well, the B-side, it was on the same disc, Under Pressure. Under Pressure, that's right. And uh, I loved it even when I was a kid, you know. And uh, it's on the list, man. It it beat out a lot of of big songs for me, definitely. Yeah, everything Joe says, yeah, I absolutely totally agree with Um it's, it's it's great and it should have it should have been on hot space yeah hundred percent that and and it could have kicked off so many songs in hot space you know oh, um yeah. uh yeah the, just the, the sentiment the way that Freddie sings it and Brian's guitar playing it's it's all there it's just perfect it's brilliant great mm-hmm. song love it yeah mm-hmm. I, I I think it's a it's a good song but I just didn't. Then I felt there's other stuff that fitted the album more. Uh, it almost it is a B side, but it feels a bit a bit like a B side. But I do. It does sound quite gospelly as well, and the piano and bluesy. Uh, mentioning all a lot of the songs in it as well, all the Queen songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if at that time Freddie was going through his full settle period because he's under pressure on the other side, but he does full settle, mm-hmm. and then he has that. Yeah, so I mean, his falsetto was amazing, yeah. you know. Yeah, mm. cool cat yeah. as well, you know. Aye, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Yeah, I mean, Soul Brothers, um, a good song, and I think Freddie singing on it is fantastic, and as is the band's playing. But I just don't know if it was special enough to to warrant a space on Hot Space. Get off your own podcast, mate. I've got an idea. No, I'm not. I would put Cool Cat on twice in the album. Cool Cat. <laughs> Uncool Cat. <laughs> no, man. Uh, there's songs on, on that album that I hate more than Cool Cat by a long stretch. No, I, I, cool I, Cat. I, I, I quite like I it. I don't mind it. <laughs> no. I always get 
It's like my baby does me. That's don't even com- don't even compare those two songs, man. My baby does me is <laughs> fucking horse shit in the highest order, man. Uh, in every way, shape, and form. Now that is a fucking bad Queen song, man. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> the lyrics are good though. So next up is calling all girls. Uh, and for me, yeah, it's actually a, uh, really quite a good song. Obviously written by Roger Taylor. Uh, it was quite 60s sounding with uh, the, the guitar at the beginning and, and recurs through it. Um, yeah, what do you guys think of it? It's got the basis of a good song because I really like the guitar at the start. It sounds a bit like the Beatles, mm-hmm. like when, when it starts. And uh, probably like a lot of the most... Most of the Hot Space songs, it's better live, you know, if you hear it live. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Colin Old Girls, the, the, songs, the songs are really good when they perform live. But it just feels like it's got a sort of catchy bit to it, but it just, just feels, I don't know. The video is funny. I like the video. Mm. No, the video's cool, man. The robots. Uh, right. the, the, great, the great acting. <laughs> You know, particularly Brian Me and he's got his clipboard. Uh, so I, I think it's a good song. I just think they've done better. There's, there's better songs that would, would fit in the album. Um, it's, it's a message of love. Aye, aye. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what we need. We need a message of love. Mm, Far and near. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's just a very good pop song. It's Agreed. you know, it's uh, there's no pretension about it. It's you know, the, the, you know the big the big open chords at the start. You know the the C and the G and all mm-hmm. that. You know, but you know, it doesn't have to be like you know complicated or anything like that. You know, just a simple pop song. Um, and it's got a, it's got a great chorus, great hook. Yeah, right. yeah. Um. And there's nothing, yeah. I, I, and again, it was it's maybe a wee bit of a a lost uh, kind of classic for me because I, I never really gave it that, you know. And I, I never hated it, but I never really bothered about it really until we we really went over the album to do the podcast for it. And I, I was like, "This is a, this is a fucking great song, you know. Why why didn't I notice this before, you know?" Um, yeah. I, Again, it's not, there's nothing, there's nothing, uh, there's no big, uh, you know, ulterior motive behind it. It's just a wee, a wee pop song about love and aye, great, great. I just echo everything. Every, I would just echo everything Paul said exactly um, for all the same reasons. I just think the chorus is fucking awesome on it, man. I think it's so catchy mm-hmm. and the vocal, Freddie's vocals are beautiful on it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's very much a Roger song as well, and I love the way Roger writes. Yeah, um, so it's, and it's just it's just getting Roger Taylor's because we've been doing a lot of Roger solo albums and stuff like that. You become accustomed to how he writes songs. He's, he's just got his own Rogerisms that he puts in, and you can once you become aware of them, you, you can't un unhear it, you know. And I think that's what I love about it as well because I'm a big fan of Roger's writing in Queen. Um, and like Paul said, it, it's just there's nothing pretentious about it. Um, 
it doesn't it doesn't aim to be anything other than it is, which is a as a catchy pop track. Um, and I like to be the be kind of ding ding the little kind of almost yeah, oriental yeah, guitar play the riff yeah. that's in it. Um, but I, it's just it's just a, a it feels like a band song to me. One of the few songs on Hot Space that sounds like the mm-hmm. band have actually kind of pulled together on it, um, which makes it more intriguing rather than listening to something that's a drum machine and you know a synth bass or whatever. So next up is the second track from the works, and it's Tear It Up. Ain't no time for sleeping, baby. Soon it's round your street, I'm creeping. Better be ready. So, yeah, I like it. Really good rocker. Uh, maybe uh, just other songs I preferred more to this one, which is why I didn't personally select it. What do you guys think? It's just it's just metal, man. You know, I'm a, I'm a big metal guy, so uh, it's just a kick in the balls, you know. It's, it's, it, it, it's needed, you know, coming from Hot Space again, you know, to come out with something as angry sounding as, as Tear It Up. It's, it's a kind of... Fuck you, we can still do this. That's to me that's what Tear It Up mm-hmm. is, you know. Um it's just great, man. You know, Freddie's angry as fuck on it, you know, his vocals are just seething. The guitar riff's great, even though it's really simple. It's just it's just a kick in the balls. And next to the other heavy rocker on it, like we've talked about earlier, you know, Hammer to Fall, this sounds so much better, like production wise. For me, it's mm-hmm. so so much heavier and raw and in your yeah. face. It, it's it, it's not sanitized the way I feel. Hammer to fall is Hammer to fall. If if was produced like tear it up, would have been a far superior track mm. to me. You've got that eighties keyboard. Yeah, there, and it just sounded drum. The the, the bass sounds shit. The the the, mm. the, the snare. The drums mm. sound shit. Freddie's muffled. He's not. You know, it's just like the mix isn't good on it. Whereas in tear it up, it really hits home. Um, just a just a. A reclamation of Queen, you've still got fucking balls, do you know what I mean? You've sold it to me, mate. I wish I'd picked it now. Can you pick it? A bit, a bit like what Joe's saying, it, it, for me, it was it was almost like... It, yeah. It was almost like, for me, it signified, like, we're back now. Uh, we're mm. back rocking. Brian May's almost saying, look, you didn't hear me much in the last album. Well, I'm I'm giving you the works, I'm giving you everything. And this is, so it's almost like you start off with Radio Gaga, which is a new sound song, which is a classic song. But then you're reminding yep. people, look, we're still yeah, alive. Yeah, we, and we've not yeah. lost that. And, and that's what it signified. It'd be interesting to hear the whole song live, because I know they only did, like, the first verse. Is that right? No, they did. They, they, I mean, they, 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 no, just, they all, I mean, I, I might be wrong, because I, I don't like the Magic Tour, and I haven't watched it in about 30 years, but I yeah. did not do most of it in the Magic Tour. I'm sure they did. No, the, the, I, think the only they I, I think they only cut it. They cut yeah. it after. I, I think you're right, Paul. I think, I think it was maybe the yeah, first really? yeah. yeah. Like I said, I, I've not. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear the whole yeah. song. Yeah. What would you say? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been cool, man. Shame. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, Tear It Up, of course, was used as a the set opener in the, the Works Tour, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Aye. Good one to start. So next up is Machines, which was on the Works. They freeze me, they're 
And for a long time, this was actually my favourite song on the, the Works album. Uh, I thought it sounded very, back in the 80s, it sounded very uh, futuristic. And, and in a lot of ways, it was ahead of its time. Um, and I suppose you can look at the production now, and it does seem a bit 80s and, and dated. But certainly a lot to like in the, the song, um, including, the uh, I think, the vocal from Freddie Mercury. What do you guys think? Um, it's uh, it's industrial metal, like mm-hmm. about six years before it was popular. Nine Inch Nails, hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. It's yeah, I, 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 and it's a great song. Um, the keyboards are great on it. The guitars are great on it. Um, and uh, you know the wee, the wee bits, you know, bites and mega chips or tea and all that. You know, it's like mm, tongue in know, cheek. How how how, how big mm. is a computer? You know, well, <laughs> you know, about a thousand bytes, You know, um, yeah. Uh, I it's I it, it, it's maybe I, I mean I, I I'm not a huge like industrial metal guy or whatever. You know, I, I, I like ministry and. You know, nine inch nails and that, like everybody else, kind of thing. But I never really, I, I, I don't really know much about the history of it. Obviously, you had Throbbing Gristle and all that, Front Two Four Two, and all you know, mm-hmm. all these guys in the, the you know, the emerging in the eighties. And I'm assuming that Roger, um, who predominantly wrote this one, um, <laughs> has been has maybe been influenced by that type of stuff. You know, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's, it's it's heavy metal. It's you know, um, but done in a done in a you know like a <laughs> it sounds like what it is a, a machine you know, mm-hmm. um, and not a lot of people were doing that and you know, uh, rock nobody, and pop bands. Nobody was doing days. it. Nobody mm-hmm. was doing it really. You know, certainly not in the mainstream anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of seminal track in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but on its own, a very, very good song. Yeah. I, I just, again, I agree with Paul. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for me, this is just like, it's so ahead of its time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go over all the same ground, but it really is, you know, and, and it, it could have, it could have been very badly done if they, let's say for the, if the, the program drums and the synths and, and sequences and stuff had been, bad but they really aren't they're really really they still sound pretty really good even to this day when you put it on it's still thick sounding which mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it still makes it sound quite you know current in a way although it does sound older if that makes any sense but for me the, the start of this is fucking vocals freddy uh, vocals freddy performance oh, there amazing. you go uh, fuck that right up <laughs> freddy's vocal performance sorry that's and it's the most it's almost like the most metal vocal performance ever man mm. he's he, in fact it, it goes beyond metal it's almost hardcore punk it, it's like he's screaming and i'm like mm. that this is mm. this this guy is fucking tearing a ball off man doing his vocals and and i can tell he probably isn't mm. even into that song that much but he's giving it his all and that's mm. why you know gives it oh, a little bit scottish <laughs> term I. but uh, mate, again yeah. i love the marriage of the and i said this in the podcast as well it, it, it's almost like the song itself is is in line with the subject matter it's man versus machine and it very much is that yeah. musically as well because you've got the electronic part and you've got the the the, the human the humane part or the, the the part that's representing humanity which would be the rock element of it 
mm-hmm. kind of fighting in the mm-hmm. song. So it just it's a perfect marriage of of those two worlds, I think, you know. And, and I just love mm-hmm. it. It's, it's great, man. I mean, who doesn't like machines? You need to be fucking deaf, man. <laughs> Final song that uh, from the original 10 that makes it on is a song which Joe was previously talking about uh, and was not too complimentary. It's Hammer to Fall. So, Joe, you have issues with it. Uh, Paul, I think, uh, brother Paul, I think you picked this for selection, didn't you? Yeah. What do you like about it? It's just good, I guess, because I like this hot, hot, hot stuff. Workspace. <laughs> the hot space. <laughs> I know. Hot work or whatever it is. Workspace. Uh, that a lot of it was quite electronic. And I know. Like we were just speaking there about Hammer to Fall. I don't like the sort of keyboard bit in the middle when I'm doing the verses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think it's Queen broken. And so there's just something about that that might like tear it up. It's bringing that back to the band that even though it's the 80s, they're still broken. Mm-hmm. So, and I actually preferred the single version, the remix actually. Ah, uh, the Headbangers mix. Yeah. yeah, the twelve inch. Yeah. yeah, I love the guitar solo. Nice, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. prolonged. It's an extended guitar solo in the middle. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't vote for it, but, but it's probably not for the reasons that people might think. Uh, the reason I, I I think the song's a great rock song. I think it's fantastic. I just don't like the way it was recorded. I think it's it's just the songs did a it's a disservice with, by how kind of weak they all over production is like those guitars should be fucking like tear it up they should be like and they're not they're, they're, they're thin they're, they're buried they're muffled even uh, Roger's drums sound like shit on it they, there's no power his snare sounds it, on tear it up it, it, it's, it's hardly any effect on, on everybody's instruments whereas on Hammer to Fall there's loads of reverb on the snare it's like and yeah. Freddie's vocals are caked in reverb and they're, they're, they're quite muffled and buried and I think it just it, it takes what could have been an absolutely fucking blinding track and, and really knocks it down for me personally. But I do understand that it is a, it is a great rock song and, and the bit in the middle, the whole build-up to the guitar solo is fantastic, the way it does mm. it. And I think he's so shit hot, but production, unfortunately, kind of ruins it a little bit for me, man. Yeah, I, I agree with I, I mean, I picked it, <laughs> but I agree with everything Joe says. That it should uh, it should punch out more. Um, like, like, tear it up. Um if you they're on YouTube, you can you can get the backing track, um, and you'll hear the bass and the drums, and they're so weak, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, John hardly plays anything. It's just like boom, boom, you know, and he, you know, it should be, he should be booming, you know, and and Roger should be cracking the, you know, the the snare and all that. Um, so, but all all that taking into consideration, it still doesn't take away from the fact that it's a great song and the lyrics are great, you know, it's an interesting subject, nuclear war and all that kind of stuff. Um, And, uh, yeah, the solo's great and all that. Um, Aye. So, 
despite its limitations, yeah, I, I picked it because it's it is a, it is a great song, you know. Um, but if you know you could get the original tapes and do a remix, you know, a proper you know mix, and and up mm-hmm. the levels and everything, it'd probably be amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a, it's a good rocker. My favourite part on it is the, the harmonies, which are obviously very, very Queen-like. Yep. Uh, and the, the thing that I still find strange to this day is that they chose to play this at Live Aid. Yeah. Aye, aye. Because it's a good... It's a, it's a, it's a great... Aye, absolutely. Because it's, it was... I think it was, again, proven to the world. You know, the whole world was watching it. Was, it was something ridiculous, like a billion people or something were watching mm-hmm. it. Yep. So they were proving to the world again that, you know, what we're still a rock band, you know what I mean? And I think that was maybe a reason that they played it. And I'm glad they played it because, for me, Queen are seriously kicking ass when they're rocking, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I had no complaints. And, and they'd, they'd, yeah. they'd only been off the Watts tour for three months, so it was probably quite <laughs> handy that they could remember it, you know? <laughs> no, they hadn't. They'd, they'd split up. Oh, I oh that's right. And they hadn't recorded the works and all that. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Might have been as well, obviously, that run about that time as well. The whole, you know, um, Reagan was still in power at that time, wasn't he? And there was that whole, yeah. still that, that yeah. loom of yeah. over everybody about the nuclear war, you know, it could happen yep. and all this yeah. kind of shit. So they maybe thought it was kind of relevant to play it because of the subject matter as well. But ultimately, I'm just happy they played it because it's a kick ass rock song, you know. And, and live, it shows that it's because it's, the live, live Aid performance mm. is fucking excellent, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I love the, the Live Aid performance of it the last 30 seconds uh, before it kind of kicks back to, you know, the drums uh, and the guitar uh, before it ends. Those last 30 seconds are epic. Absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. But they make a mistake at the end, don't they? They do, yeah, but that, I think that's all part of the charm, though, isn't it? It's, it's how it all kind of breaks down. They just go yeah. with it and, and it just it seems to make sense, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. I the, uh, they're, profe- they're professionals. Uh, they, uh, they, they know how. To, uh, they know how. To, I mean, Queen are one of you know, one of the best live bands I ever were, man. So they, you know, they could cover up fuck ups no problem. Do you know what I mean? Okay, guys. So we've got our ten songs. Uh, what I want to do before we get to selecting the final two is just making well looking at the list of songs which didn't make it and seeing if uh, anybody is bitterly disappointed by any of these omissions. So the songs that didn't get on here, we have uh, Cool Cat, no. Man Made Paradise, Man Made, no, sorry, Man on Fire, which obviously was a Roger Taylor single. Good song. Uh, a lot of man songs here. Man on the prowl. I've, just, I've, I've actually <laughs> yeah. just noticed this mm. that three of them are. I've got yeah. man. We're feminists. On there. <laughs> man on the prowl. Man on the prowl. Man of the is not a terrible song. It's just not not that good. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that one there. Uh, Backchat. Wait, well, Backchat's got that nice uh, Brian May guitar riff in it. Come on, now, wake up. Stay up. Drag yourself on out. Get down. Get ready. 
that's okay. But yeah, no votes. Staying power, anybody a fan of that one? Live, it's amazing, but on the record, again, uh, the, the, instrument, live, the instrumentation and the production really fuck yeah. it up for me, definitely. Mm. Action this day. That's a good. That's a decent song, man. I like that's Action good. This Day. It's good live as well. Yeah, again, yeah. it's good live. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a bit more kick-ass live, isn't it? A bit more yeah. energy about it. Mm-hmm. The world we created. I think, I think uh, that's been given a bit of a doing already, hasn't it? Yeah. Quite rightfully so. Okay, so those are the songs that did not make it. Guys, we've got each of these songs received two votes each. We had Body Language, Put Out the Fire, Life is Real, I Want to Break Free, Keep Passing the Open Window, Let Me In Your Heart Again and I Go Crazy. And uh, we need to select two of them to be the final two songs on the Workspace album so before i'm going to tell you how we're going to work that out is i'll maybe just go through the song see if anybody has any additional comments in relation to them i know we've talked a little bit about body language already body language body language body language Any additional things anybody wants to say about body language? I think for comedy value, it should be on the album. But um, <laughs> I should be. Voted for it. I did vote for it actually to be on the album. I think me and you're the only two that voted for yeah. it. Then. Nah, it's it's absolute horseshit, and I know it's horseshit, but it makes That's me laugh. Good. Aye, it, it, make, good it, it makes it's, yeah. it's not intended to make you laugh, but it makes me laugh. So, <laughs> but I can't defend it. I can't defend it, man. You know. Uh, we've also got Put Out the Fire. Oh, 
uh, which uh, actually I think I voted for this one there, which is, I think we said it already, is maybe the most Queen-sounding song on Hot Space. And apparently it was written by by Brian May in his bathroom after eating two vindaloo curries the night before. Sounds about right, man. Or maybe that's an urban legend. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a really good song. Uh, but obviously a bit more of a straight-ahead rocker, catchy chorus. I like Roger's drums on it. Like the anti-gun sentiment in the lyrics as well, and yeah, I think the the Brian May guitar solo in it is is tremendous, uh, and obviously it ends with that great shoot 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 with the echo. Uh, what about you guys? You like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's a good song. I, I I like it, man. It's a good track. I absolutely. I um, it, again, this is one that kind of grew on me at the time. I always thought it was a bit of a weak a weak rocker for Brian, but again, this this is a production issue for me with this song. If this song had been produced a lot better, you know, with a thicker sound, it would have kicked much more ass. But uh, no, it's not a bad song, man, and I do agree that I like the whole anti-gun sentiment, you know, because um, I, I totally agree with it. I don't think you yeah. know, should just be giving guns to fucking anybody, although, you know, in America you have to do checks and shit, but that, that mm. doesn't mean shit, man. These idiots will still get hold of them if they want to, you know. And, yeah. and of course it ties into life as well. <laughs> Which is about, yeah. aye, which is about. Mm. Well, there you go. I, 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 I that's pretty smart, actually. I, you know, yeah. true. A good song. Good song. And nice. get and get and guess what the next song is on the list? Life is real. So we kind of talked a little bit about life is real already. Uh, anybody got any additional comments on that? Nah, Joe, really Joe wants to sing the new lyrics, the original lyrics. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. <laughs> original lyric mate, I brought it up in my estimate. Do you know the, the 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 bit of the song which for years had me concerned for the the contents of. Freddie Mercury's uh, closet. I was really worried for his clothes because to me it always sounded, I think, uh, is it the second line? It sounds like tossers in my closet. <laughs> also, as actually the second line, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's some yeah. sort of serial killer, man. But then again, that ties in with, I think Paul <laughs> did this on our podcast. It was the the rapey serial killer vibe of body language lyrics, <laughs> and then, <laughs> then get into this song. He's going on about torsos in his closet. So it's, it might even, this might even be a concept album about a, a sexual sadist serial killer on the prowl in the gay nightclubs. And he's a man on the he's a man on the prowl as well. After that, <clears throat> indeed, yeah. I he's still he's not been caught yet. <laughs> <laughs> you could say he's under pressure. Aye, where you go? Aye, I'm assuming. Uh, because he, he's done torsos because skeletons wouldn't, wouldn't scan. Uh, skeletons so in my closet as uh, well. So torsos, torsos does, but uh, bodies in my closet would have been better, wouldn't it? Nah, it's, de- it's definitely uh, torsos de- in his closet, surely. Decapitated <laughs> heads in his closet. It's very American as well. Yeah, what else have you got in your closet? In <laughs> I'll tell you what, wasn't he in the closet, Freddy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, was the, he was not in the closet. 
No, definitely not. Um, so the next one is I Want to Break Free, which we've kind of talked about already. I think we've all expressed a preference for the, the live version of the song, maybe a bit more raucous, a bit more Brian May. God knows, God knows I fall in love. It's strange, but it's true. Hey, I can't get over the way you love me like you do. But I have to be sure when I walk out the door. Oh, I want to be free, baby. Oh, how I want to be free. On it, and obviously you guys have spoke to um, Fred Mendel there about the the keyboard solo, very famous keyboard solo on "I Want to Break Free," and it's a strange decision that the band made to actually do it as a keyboard solo as opposed to Brian May uh, playing the solo which he did did live. And um, and did Fred Mendel make any mention uh, as to the reason for that? It was John Deacon want, didn't want Brian May's guitar on it. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, so, but the funny thing is, I, for years, I always thought it was Brian's guitar. So did I, yeah. yeah. So did we all did. Yeah, it's because yeah. it spins and stuff like that. Like, yeah, obviously, yeah. you know, now that it's a pitch shifter on the, mm. or whatever that thing's called, the roller uh, shifter, the pitch, pitch shifter, wheel. Like, pitch yeah. wheel, that's it. I yeah. but, but it sounds like, and then obviously you see him playing it live, and you so just you think, assume, oh, yeah. ah, you assume that, uh, you know, it's him an effect, a really shite mm-hmm. effect on it, because it's a mm-hmm. horrible fucking sound. I may wanted to get more guitar into songs like Back Chat, and he had to fight John Deacon when they were his songs. John Deacon didn't want them. And he said, come on, you need to put it in. So that was part of the reason John Deacon didn't want the heavy guitar in a lot of the songs. Nah, there was also obviously a wee bit of resentment there for some reason, eh? Mm, yeah. I don't know why. It's not, not two people I imagine clashing because they're both quiet guys in Queen, but they they might have done bit behind the scenes, yeah. Two def yeah. two of the two of the smartest guys in Queen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say with it the the strange thing about it is that the album version of the song is shorter than the single version. So the single version you have the intro and you have the two solos on it, which is really bizarre. It would normally be the other way around and in, in, in its own way it's actually quite daring having two solos on a single back to back how often do you see that happening yeah. true so true. that was I want to break three um, we have next keep passing the open window you stop believing everything's gonna be alright next minute it's Anybody got anything to, to say on that one? I think it's not one we've really talked about already. Um, it's a decent, it's a decent wee song. I mean, it's it's not offensive or anything like that. You know, it just kind of there's there's some cool guitar play in it as well. I rem- I remember Paul was talking about it as well, and he, I think he was the same as me. It, it, he didn't remember it being quite as rocky as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of cool, you know, Brian coming in and out with kind of heavy parts and stuff. But uh, it's an interesting enough wee song, and I don't hate it by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, then 
we have Let Me In Your Heart Again. When people talk of love, I have no hesitation. Tell me what you're dreaming of I'll hold that conversation for you, baby It's your heart Uh, which obviously didn't see the light of day officially until 2014. And anybody a, a fan of that one? I think you liked it, uh, Brother Paul, didn't you? Yeah, I really liked it. Obviously, it was a Brian May one that he gave to Anita Dobson. There's only, there's an, if you go on YouTube, there's an Anita Dobson version. Fuck's sake. <laughs> I know yeah. people getting excited about that prospect listening to that. Yeah. But uh, I think it's a really good song, Freddie's vocals are great and there's piano in it. Uh, I think that would mean it would have fitted well in the works, but I don't know the reason why they didn't didn't put it on. Probably royalties. Yeah, for 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 me, it's it's better than a lot of the stuff on the the, the works. Uh, I think Freddie and the band are in great form on it. I like the instrumental passage that goes out of each chorus. That's really good and a lovely middle eight as well. So yeah, for me, I would have had it. Uh, would have had it on there. Uh, similarly. Um, I would have had this on the works all day long. Uh, I go crazy. B side to, to Radio Gaga. Guys, fans of this this one as well. I'll throw it out to, to you, non blue Paul. <laughs> yeah, ah, it's a it's a good track. I um, I and uh, I don't you know I, I don't know why I didn't consider it really. I think I kind of just lost. I forgot to put it on the list. That might have been the reason. That's it's right. Oh, of course it was added in later. Oh, that's right. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's a track I've always liked. Um, Aye, um, that um, might be a wee candidate for sneaking in, yeah, for me, maybe. What about you, Joe? Nah, yeah. Aye, it's a, again, this is a kind of a, a band song, you know, it just feels like a, they're having kind of fun when they've been recording yeah, it, Yeah, you know? they're all there. Yeah, they're all present doing their yeah. thing, and um, I mean, it's not breaking any, you know, new ground or anything like that, you know, structure-wise, it's very much just a pretty straight down the road kind of rocker, but excuse me, <clears throat> but um, no, I enjoy it, um, production is great on it, it's really raw, kind of more in line with what I was saying about Hammer to Fall, should have, in my eyes, been more like this, you know, and it would kicked much more ass, it had more weight to it, um, having more of that kind of live feel, which I feel mm-hmm. Queen 70 stuff, that, that you know, especially the rock, the rock tunes, you know, had a real, like, live feel to them, you know, whereas in the 80s, the rockers were a bit more sanitised and mm-hmm. didn't have that vibe. Um, but, yeah, good, good good tune, man. Good, really good tune. I go crazy. I mean, our dad got the Radio Gaga single and we heard it in the B-side and I just always loved it, actually. We actually did it on one of our 
extra podcast, like a short one about hidden gems, and that was one of the songs. And just a brilliant rocker, and I think it was maybe recording eighty one actually, although it didn't come out till the Radio Gaga, probably just maybe around the same time as Soul Brother or something that was done. But the rest mm-hmm. of the band hated the song apparently. I, I love it, but the rest of the band, uh, it was just Brian May that liked it. What are your thoughts on I Go Crazy, Stephen? Uh, I go crazy. I, I think it's absolutely criminal. It wasn't on the works. Uh, I've loved that song since hearing it on the B side to, to Radio Gaga. I think it's a great rocker. Uh, it's just su- such a good song to just throw away in a B side. And I know the. I think the other guys in the band, Brian May, wrote it, weren't really fans of it, uh, which is why it hit the cutting room floor. But what a waste! Uh, such a good, good song. Uh, it deserved far better than far better than to just be a B-side. Much like Soul Brother, probably. So, the two songs that... Uh, there was two songs that we were getting added to the, the album, and it was through somebody in the Facebook group. Uh, the most popular Queen songs from the songs that we had that were left and the two songs that would make the album would be I Want to Break Free and Put Out the Fire. So those would be the, the final songs. So the songs that make our TTMF Queen What If 81 to 84 Supercut are Under Pressure, Radio Gaga, It's a Hard Life, Las Palladas de Amor, Love Kills, Soul Brother, Calling All Girls, Tear It Up, Machines, Hammer to Fall, Put Out the Fire, and I Want to Break Free. I wonder about you guys doing your top, what, what were your own track listing? If you've got them handy, it might be good to hear your own top, what your albums would be individually. Number one, Radio Gaga. Calling All Girls, It's a Hard Life, Put Out the Fire, Soul Brother, Machines, Keep Passing the Open Windows, Last Palabras de Amour, Hammer the Fall, and then Under Pressure. Nice one, Paul. That was my 10. Right, my, my, ten, my 10 were Under Pressure, Machines, It's a Hard Life, Soul Brother, Radio Gaga, Love Kills, Tear It Up, Calling All Girls, Last Palabras de Amour, and body language yeah. so mine was tear it up under pressure life is real radio gaga let me in your heart again everybody's favorite body language uh love kill <laughs> love kills i want to break free hammer to fall last palabras day more yes it's a hard life and the closing track i go crazy yeah my track listing would be under pressure last palabras day more put out the fire Life is real, love kills, let me in your heart again, Radio Gaga, I go crazy, is this the world we created, I want to break free, it's a hard life, and finally, hammer to fall. Uh, thank you guys for your time, and and we're sorry, the, obviously it's taken a bit longer than we would have hoped, but technical problems, that's the problem with machines, you know. If it's humans, it'll be fine. Ah, don't, don't worry about it, man. Okay. So, that happens. Ah, yeah. 
Aye, back to humans, mate. But no, it's been no, it's been good fun, man. And it's been good that I actually got, managed to get on this time because I couldn't go on the last time. So it's been uh, it's yeah. been good, good fun, man. Thanks again for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Aye, maybe we'll get yous on ours or something like that, man. Do we, we swap about? Aye. Yeah, that would be great. No, we'd, 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 yeah, we'd yeah, we'd love to do that, man. Definitely. Yeah. We will do. So thanks again to to Paul and Joe and although David's not here, but thanks to David as well for help setting this up today. Well, it's been a kind of magic, but it's time to bring things to a close and head outside for a bicycle race. Thanks for listening and thanks to our guests. And you can contact us via our Facebook group, which you can get exclusive podcast episodes and ranking videos. You can email us at trimthemusicalfat at gmail.com and leave us voicemail via Anchor. And let us know which albums you'd like us to cover. And you can listen to our show on all the major podcast providers. Check out our website at www.trimmingthemusicalfat.com. You can support the podcast by subscribing to anchor.fm the show will be over in a flash until next time keep trimming Queen are brilliant, I like Queen.